Mine's good. Life good! Got real close. Got hair high, right? Trying to hit two thirds. Have they saved it for her? Yes, they have! Ooh. Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham Scott. Alongside, as per usual. As per usual. That's well said, Sean. Well said. <laughs> How do you do, Scott? I do well. That's good. There's. A big event coming up. Yes. That I'm pretty stoked for because I'm going to be there in person. And it's the, the Tim Hortons Briar. Yes, the Tim Hortons Briar, the 2020 Briar in Kingston, Ontario. We're so excited about it that we came back to the Ottawa Curling Club for the second night in a row to talk about it. We can't stay away, Sean. We really can't. So uh, we're back to uh, to preview the Briar in Kingston. So this is, this is quite interesting, Scott. We went to the Briar, or excuse me, the Scotties in Kingston. That's right. Way back, I want to say 2013. You would be correct. When it was there. And there's a lot to like about Kingston, Ontario. And where the arena is, it's close to downtown. You can walk. They have an outdoor arena, uh, or at least ice pad Mm -hmm. there in the downtown. Uh, Some really cool restaurants, a couple really nice breweries. Uh, I think the arena's great. I think it's really good sight lines. Uh, you know, it's small-ish, like it's big enough for a briar, but small enough that you're never going to feel too disconnected from the the games. You yep. know, especially on remember one side, you're right on top of the play, which is usually the case in these smaller venues. Mm. So a, a really good venue. The only downside in 2013 was that the Heartstop Lounge was a little too far away from the arena. You had to take a bus. Mm-hmm. wasn't a great atmosphere there. So this year they're doing a tent, an outdoor tent, All right. next to what is now, I think, the Leon Center. That's right. And uh, that should be a lot of fun. So just walking distance, that's a key. I think they've learned that over the years, that fans want to just be able to walk from the venue into the lounge. Yes, uh, an outdoor tent uh, is fine. Yeah. It's fine. It'll be great. Uh, we are expected to get a big dump of snow. Wednesday night into Thursday here in eastern Ontario. It might be it might be warm enough that it stays rain down there in, in Kingston, but I hope it doesn't hamper the construction of this tent too much. Yeah, hopefully not. Yeah, those outdoor tents can be a little fickle at times, and hopefully it doesn't disrupt the travel of any of the teams as they come yeah, in. Uh, a lot yeah. will be <laughs> coming in uh, Wednesday uh, and Thursday. Well, they'll probably be flying into Ottawa, right? Yeah, I wonder. Yeah. It makes sense given the Pearson's sort of on the west side of the city. It's an easier drive than from Pearson. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, maybe some of them will be flying into uh, into the nation's capital and, and heading down from here. But we have a loaded field. You know, we talked about it with the Scotties last week. It was a loaded field. This also a very loaded field, evidenced by the fact that Glenn Howard will be one of the wildcard participants. He is the ninth-ranked team in the country. So that means that the eight top teams in the country are in the field, with the exception, I guess, of Mike McEwen, who's the other participant right. in the wildcard game. But that's, that's crazy that all these top teams are going to be in this field. Yeah. So I want to start, Scott. You know, we're gonna, we'll talk about each of the teams. But I'm curious, out of the 16... Let's say out of the 17 teams will be participating. Let's not treat Wildcard as a singular entity just yet. Uh, Out of the 17 teams who are going to Kingston this week, how many do you think have a 
chance to win the event out of the seven seed. A legitimate chance to win? Yeah. That you your your jaw would not be on the floor if this particular team won. Like how many of those exist for you? I would say six. Okay, who are those they? teams? Who are they? Uh, Brad Jacobs. Yep. Brendan Botcher. Brad Gushu. Yeah. John Epping. Kevin Cooey. Yes. And the six would be Mike McEwen if they win the wildcard game. Okay. My, my draw would not be on the floor if they won. I would be surprised, but I wouldn't be shocked. Okay. I think that's fair. I, I, I would also add Matt Dunstone to that list. Okay. I think they have a chance to win in this event, too. And I, I, I really, really, really want to say BC as well. Yeah. Uh, and Jim Cotter. I think that's a little tougher uh, to, to see that. I think they're championship pool caliber, but maybe not uh, winner capable. Yeah, so, so however you, you put it forth, I'm th- you, you have at least, I think the six that you identified, I think everyone would agree on that. I don't think you're going to get a lot of pushback on Matt Dunstone either. I think there is even a gunner camp in there uh, potentially as well. I'll tell you that'd be fun. It would be super fun if it, if it was gunner. But you have you know seven... Maybe eight teams going into an event that legitimately have a chance to win. And if you counter that with early 2010s or late aughts oh, yeah. Briars, where it was Martin and Howard. Howard and Stoughton and Gushu, and everyone else was playing for fifth place. Yeah. That is not the case this week. This is a wide open field. There is going to be going to be some bloodshed. Yeah. I don't. Hopefully not literally. I I don't think that either of the pools is as stacked as what we saw with that pool A at the Scotties, where you had you were guaranteed to have one team that was a legit playoff threat miss. Right. Right. That that was guaranteed because you had five really good legitimate playoff threats. I think in both of these pools, they're pretty well structured that mm-hmm. you have your top four in each, and yeah. it's going to take some work. I think pool A in this one is a little stronger, again, just by the nature of the way the seeding works, that, you know, with Jim really? Cotter, hmm. potentially. So we'll, we'll see how it, how it flushes out. But in, in terms of, you know, how this is all going to break down, Scott, you are going to have teams that in other years, in normal, quote-unquote normal years, are not going to make the playoffs who legitimately could win this event. That's how deep this field is. That's where we are mm-hmm. in men's curling. Now, you could make an argument that the reason that all these teams are here is because there's not a lot of depth across the country, so you don't have the provincial depth that we maybe used to have, or at least provincial parity. But I don't care. Right. This event's going to be awesome. And this is the one that's on TV, so this is the one that we, we yeah. all want to watch, right? Uh, yeah, I was, I was thinking of... While you were talking there, I have to I have to edit Wikipedia because they flipped the pools around. <laughs> it's just insane. But we also had that period, middle of the 2010s, where it was the same four teams that made the playoffs. I think at least three years in a row. Yeah, and it right? was Gushu, Kui, uh, McEwen, and. Who am I missing? Jacobs. And Jacobs, yeah. And, yeah, that was leading into the trials, the three years leading into the trials. Yeah. And then at the trials, it was Gushu, Jacobs, McEwen yeah. as the three playoff teams. So, yeah, there was... Not a, Jacobs. Uh, or, excuse me, Cooey, uh, Cooey 
Of course, yeah, because he, he won the thing. Kui Gushu of course, he made the playoffs. And, and so you did see that concentration at the top. Yeah. You do wonder. I mean, last year was kind of the same with right. that to, to a certain degree uh, in terms of the playoffs. So you, you wonder, even in this deep field, will, the, will those be the teams that rise up right. now? Will there be any breakthroughs yeah. into that final four? Uh, Fab four, as Vic called them for the, <laughs> the Scotties there. Uh, yeah, you wonder, right? So it's going to be pretty good. I, I agree with you. Both pools are, are pretty well balanced. And I think in both pools, you could see that fourth spot being fought over a bit. But to me, there are four clear teams in each pool. And if one of them fell back to maybe a tiebreaker... It would be a bit surprising, but yep. it would be welcome. Like, it would be understandable. Yeah, and I think what will be interesting, too, is if you have a situation like, obviously it didn't really hurt Kristen McCarvel, where she loses to Team Nunavut, Nunavut yeah. right? If you, you know, if any of these top teams have a, a game where they're losing to a team that is below them in the rankings, that, because it's going to be so hard, those three games, other three games against the top teams in your pool, and then obviously the four games in the championship pool, you really probably can't afford to have a loss against a team that you quote-unquote should, should be. be yeah. And I also think because this field's so deep, I think four will be four. I think will get you something this week. I think the teams are just going to beat each other up a bunch. Yeah. And I think seven and four. If you can get through this at seven and four, I think you'll probably get something which we haven't seen in this format. But again, we haven't seen this depth of field in the format right. either. And and I would have said that at the Scotties. as well for the Scotties. But we saw sort of the the cream really rise to the top. Yeah. Where we had a, a pretty deep field, but we saw three teams just stand out and finish uh, at nine and two. You know. Uh, so yeah. If we get something like that at the Briar, uh, I, I would be more surprised for that, right? Because, like like I said at the beginning, I saw six teams that yeah. have a chance to win, and like five for sure, depending on this outcome of the wild card game. So, yeah, I'm I'm really excited for this. Uh, do you want to dive right in? Yeah, let's get into it. Let's start with that wild card game Friday night, Glenn Howard against Mike McEwen, both. Teams coming off losses in the provincials, obviously. The Mike McEwen loss in the final against Jason Gunlison. We talked about it at the time. It was a tough watch. The communication within the team wasn't, didn't seem that great. And they seem really defeated by the ice. Uh, not a lot of confidence in that game. Mike McEwen missed shots that Mike McEwen doesn't miss. Yeah. Very surprising there. And after their Briar performance last year where they were also some, somewhat underwhelming. They've had better results on tour this year. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But then on the other hand, Glenn Howard is still great. Yeah. Still a great player. I think what is missing from Glenn Howard as, as just Glenn Howard right now is he's half a percent less precise uh, especially on the hits, mm-hmm. when you watch him now, and against top teams, half percent, quarter percent is really where you're gonna lose games yeah. sometimes. Yeah. So you know he he still makes playoffs and slams. He's still competitive. He's still in there, but it, he's not at the level that he was ten years ago. Very few of us are. <laughs> and you know when he was when you could definitely book him into a one, the one-two game right, at the right, start right. of the week, and you're just like. 
Howard Martin. Right. right? And that's you were just waiting for it, and it was so much fun. Yeah. Uh, now, the team around him, I think you can make a case. If Scott's good. Mathers is good. Uh, Tim the, March. Tim March. They're, they're all good, but they're also not Savile, Lang, and Hart. No. Right. No, no, no. You know, and, and that's hard. Those are those are three Hall of Fame guys. Yeah. And it, it's really four Hall of Fame guys, right? With the whole team. Yeah. And now it's that's one of the greatest teams ever. It's it's in the conversation, yeah. And yeah. so to hold Glenn Howard in twenty twenty to that standard of that was one of the greatest team <laughs> ever is super unfair. Sure, sure. Like he's sure. still number nine in Canada in points. They still are competitive. They don't really get blown out that much. Mm-hmm. If at all. And I, I think McEwen has the edge in this game, but Glenn Howard is too good to be to say no chance. Yeah, 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 for sure. I, I, I'm going to be rooting for Glenn Howard to be in this field because as somebody who wants to watch a lot of games, I think it'll be more fun to watch Glenn Howard's team than to watch Mike McEwen. Yeah, I agree. Does that, like, even if they lose more... Yep. I just think it's fun to watch. Uh, he's like very honest on the mic, you know. Uh, even if he does think a lot of rocks pick, but, but uh, <laughs> no, just, like just clean it. That's why you got brooms. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think the, the the thing you mentioned about the hits being just like that much less precise. It it really it comes through at in this era at this level, yes, right? Because all the other skips can throw the runbacks uh, to blank ends, can, and, and Glenn Howard can do that, but he doesn't throw a hard weight as accurately as he did, and, and he, he was never really a big weight That thrower. was never his, his thing, right? He was always board weight, yeah. right? That's where he killed you yeah. with board weight. And, I mean, the obvious famous exception to that is against Joel Jordanson, <laughs> that Briar shot, which you haven't seen. I want to say it's like 07, 08. Uh, it's the, three, the triple for... To win the game. Yeah. It's like the angles of it are, are crazy. Uh, you know, he had that in his in his repertoire. Sure. Uh, I mean, that's one of the craziest shots that I've ever seen. But... Yeah, he doesn't have it at that level anymore. But as you say, that was never really his strength. So that's where it's going to be really important, obviously on Friday, but if they get into the field for Dave Mathers and Scott Howard to when they need to bail, when they need to yeah. clean up, they're going to have to do it. That's the key for, the, for this team, that Glenn has those shots where the fine touch that he has that that's what he's throwing all the time. Right. Because that's where they will kill you. And so their bailout point might be, you know, one shot earlier than most teams. Yeah. But if they're doing that, like Mathers is very accurate with the up weight. Yeah. He throws it really hard and, and really straight. Uh, Scott is pretty good at that as well. I'd say, like, Dave Mathers is the best on the team at the big weight yeah. peel runbacks. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but that's the what's going to have to happen for this team to be successful is to bail at the right time, yep. not get into too much trouble, and be able to capitalize when the other team makes mistakes. And I think against McEwen, they'll have those opportunities. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. And you know, t- I, for everything that you know, I've said about Dave Mathers, uh, he is technically one of the best throwers that you'll ever see. Like if you wanted, yeah. to, if you if you learn by watching, 
watch Dave Mathers throw a curling rock. It it is very impressive. Uh, you know, just straight out at the broom. The, it, it is so clean the way he throws. Uh, Glenn too, right? Oh, like, yeah, maybe the purest. Yeah. Right? So you know, really technically, really good players. Uh, which is shocking that they get so many picks because they're so good at, at throwing. But a, a really good team. So uh, I think what the benefit would be, too, if they make it into the pool in winning, they the wildcard team gets ranked, it appears, based on the highest-ranking team. Yeah. So they would be ranked third in the field, which I think, Scott, is overall maybe a tougher pool but less top-heavy than Pool B. So being in Pool A, if they get in, I think that might be a bit of an advantage for Glenn Howard and that team. So mm-hmm. it, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. On the other hand, Mike McEwen, if he gets in, I think the key for them will be to, you know, they, be, be more Krista McCarvel and just don't, go, don't get so high, don't get so low. Right. You know, it's a really long week. Uh, just be calm. We'll talk about Brendan Botcher in a little bit, but during the Alberta finals, uh, I think it was Don Landry was saying, you know, after after every shot, Brendan Botcher's like, okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, like, that's, that's okay. That's pretty good. That's all right. That's good. Oh, we can do like Not we can bad. use that. Yeah, like it's never like, oh, that's a disaster. Like, <laughs> like you you have to over the course of the, if they make it to the final and win, it's a ten day event. Right for them, it's it's a long, it's super long, and long so road. they they are going to have to be more positive than what we've seen them. I, I think to sustain it through the weeks. But if they can do that, uh, they're super talented and yeah. certainly capable of winning. Yeah, and they're also going to have to take care of business in the games that they should win. So they're in the pool with Yukon and Northwest Territories, as well as New Brunswick and and Jim Gratton, Jimmy the Kid. Yeah, love is, him. Is a tough out, yeah. And if wild card is you know in their head a bit, if they I'm not sure exactly when they play them, but if they play them and they're like uh, you know have just come off a loss, you know they've got to be able to get their mind right, uh, just to be able to get into it right away. You know what I mean? For sure, yeah. So uh, whoever makes it in the first game will be against Saskatchewan and Matt Dunstone on Saturday night. That'll be kind of interesting to see. Certainly how that one plays out. And then they'll have a quick turnaround to play UConn the next morning. So you're going to want to come out, get that win. That would be the only game that they play on Sunday as well, uh, the Northwest Territories. So Saskatchewan, UConn, Northwest Territories, whoever it is, potentially could get off to a nice roll there. Yeah, 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 potentially. So uh, that's what they're going to have to do if they want to succeed over the course of the week, right, Is, is put the bad shots behind them. Focus on the positive. Feed the positive, man. Feed it. It's all good. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, try to gain momentum that way. For sure. They're definitely capable. So Yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about the rest of that pool. We'll go in order of rankings. We'll start with John Epping here in Pool A. Team Ontario, ranked number two in the country. They were ranked number one for a while and have uh, seeded that position to Brad Jacobs. This is John Epping's, I want to say, third time in the Briar, but I will check that. And it's a team, Scott, that you know, the, the, the thing about John Epping has always been he'll get himself into trouble with crazy shots and he'll get himself out of trouble with crazy shots. I think we've seen a more under control John Epping now. Uh, you, I, I, I want to give some credit to Ryan Fry for that. Like, Ryan Fry 
has very strong opinions of what to do, but he's been really good, I've noticed, in the games I've watched with them, of presenting options, and when John Epping says, I see this, he immediately will go, okay, like, where do we need to put the broom? What do you need to throw? And mm-hmm. that's, it's not to say that, you know, in the past, like, Matt, Matt Camp is incapable of that, but Ryan Fry is so good at recognizing when John Epping wants to throw a certain shot, switching the focus from what should the shot be to how do we now make the shot. Yeah, That's yeah. really impressive. And when you have somebody like, like Lang on the team who really likes to discuss the options, uh, and Lang's really good at presenting options, sure. Fry is great at once the decision's made, let's immediately shift to execution. And that's the thing that I've really noticed in the games of theirs this year that I've watched is Fry has forced them to talk about execution a lot more. And as a result, some of those higher degree of difficulty shots he's making. There was one point during the Continental Cup, which I know isn't the greatest barometer for this, but Fry Fry was like, uh, it was like an angle run. And Fry was like, no, I think we can do this. And John's like, no, I see this. And Fry just goes, okay. Okay. And then the next 45 seconds was all about how do we make this? Hmm. Uh, And they made it perfectly. So that's the sort of thing that is, is an adjustment on the team that really has been beneficial and going into a week like this where you're going to have to make a lot of bailout shots potentially to have somebody who knows how to switch the focus right. from what to how. I think that's a real benefit for them. Yeah, and having Brent Lang and Matt Cam on the team, both guys who have contributed a lot of strategy uh, to their teams in the past, uh, respectively, uh Having somebody who knows, okay, we need to stop talking. We need to just start making now. Uh, I'll correct you, Sean. It's uh, John Epping's second official briar. Okay. Lost the wild card game last year. Ah, yes, of course. So uh, that doesn't count as a briar appearance. It should. Should it? Why not? Eh, you had your chance. (laughs) You had two chances to get into the field. That's true. That is true. And according to the Curling Canada website, the event does start on... Saturday. Saturday. That's right. And the the wild card game is free, so it's not even like they're making ticket mu- ticket money on it. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this this team, uh, they've been playing really well all fall. We're ranked number one for a while, as you mentioned. Uh, made it to uh, at least one, no two. I think Grand Slam finals. They might have won one. And uh, yeah, they're they're definitely a threat to win this event. Yeah, no, no question. Of course, they did win the uh, the Canada Cup back in uh, December. Ah, as that's the one. I'm well, uh, so of. a big a big win for them already on this season. And I also just say, completely tangentially uh, or unrelatedly, uh, an interesting story too about John Epping uh, that uh, came out this week about his coming out. Oh yes, uh, really yes. really cool story. So I commend that to people. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to have a fun fact for every team, shot. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I will point out in the media guide, yeah. it says that Brent Lang is 40 okay. and was born December 10th, 1978. Wow. So I'm no math a magician. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he has the... Uh, the friends aging oh, thing, yes, where yes. you can you stop at forty. <laughs> yeah, right? you have one birthday over three years. Yeah. So anyway, I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, Team Wildcard would be the second ranked team in the pool. So let's move down to the defending champions. Somewhat surprisingly, ranked sixth in this. Uh, so the seeds were based off of the CTRS points as of December thirty first, twenty nineteen. So it doesn't take into account. 
any of the provincial playdowns for which you get points in some provinces, uh, and the Grand Slam that took place in January as well. But Kevin Cooey and the defending champions are ranked sixth in this field. Kind of surprising for that team, but part of that is schedule and how much you play or yep. not play in certain some cases. But as we've learned from the commercial, Scott, Kevin Cooey is very relaxed. Kevin Cooey is relaxed, Sean. I just did a control F in the Curling Canada yeah. media guide and typed Kevin Cooey. He's in there like 80,000 times. 72 references to yeah. Kevin Cooey in this. That's how many times he's won because they put in what who the skip was whenever yeah. you win. Uh, like, just an outstanding player. Uh, this guy, he, he seems to be properly aged uh, based on his, <laughs> his uh, birthday there. But yeah, like, uh, what can we say about this team? They've got to be a favorite. Yeah, they, they're they they were really great last year in in winning. Yeah, and yeah, like you said, maybe slowed down a bit this year, knowing that they had the in- invitation to the Briar, yeah. played a bit. I believe they might have played in the an event hosted by Kevin Cooey out in Calgary a couple of weeks ago. It was at, yeah, it was actually last weekend. Last weekend. Uh, that it was sort of this invitational and at the Glencoe Club. Yeah, it was yeah. sort. Of, I think it was a charitable thing. I, I think mm. uh, that they they played in and uh, some of the the lineups in that were a little all over the place. Glenn Howard played in it, but none of Glenn Howard's team played in it. Okay. Uh, so they brought out some different folks. Uh, John Morris was there. Kind of like uh, a pro am style. Well, maybe? No, there was no ams. Oh. Uh, just pros. <laughs> Kirk Myers went and played in it. Uh, as well as part of Team Howard. So uh, an event there. They played in that. I don't think that officially counts in terms of their record. Only 52 games this year mm-hmm. for the team compared to last year, Scott. Now, I know they it's a full season, and that will it would include Champions Cup and uh, the World Championship and all that. But last year, overall, they played 114. Yeah. So even if they win this week, you're not going to get to that level. So uh, definitely slowing down this year. And only 31 and 21. So mm-hmm. uh, in terms of winning percentage, a little less than what you would expect for Kevin Kuig, and that speaks to how good this team really is. Yeah, and, uh, you know, B.J. Newfeld was off for a while there in the fall uh, with, with the uh, birth of his daughter yep. uh, just about to happen and just afterwards, you know. So, yeah, like, uh, you know, you're playing with spares is always a little tougher. and For sure. I mean, they, they get great spares to play, but... yeah. You know, you, you'd think that by now they're all ready to go, uh, ready to put together a big run. Yeah, you'd think so. Yeah, that, yeah, you're right. The, the absence of BJ in the fall was, was pretty big for them. But they made one final, which was the Canada Cup, which, of course, they lost to John Epping. Mm-hmm. You know, made the playoffs at the National right after that, lose in the, the quarterfinals. Didn't make the playoffs at the Canadian Open there uh, in January. But, yeah, it, it's, it's Kevin Cooey. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you're, you're not going to uh, discount Team Cooey for any reason. No. Uh, now, moving on then to Team Saskatchewan, Matt Dunstone. I said earlier, Scott, I, I could see this team winning. This is a, a fun team, uh, an intense team, uh, a team with the biggest disparity in height between the third and the skip. Yeah, I think so. Which makes for fun television when you see them standing side by side. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know, like... It's a team that, you know, they, of course, they lost last year in the Saskatchewan final to Kirk Myers. But you look at their resume, they won a Grand Slam this year. They won a Curling World Cup event last year. Mm-hmm. 
They have good results. They, they go toe-to-toe with these top teams. Matt Dunstone is clearly not scared of anybody. Nope. He's Neither is Brandon Muscawi. And they are a team that, even though they have never won a Briar, any of them, a lot of experience in Briars, mm-hmm. right? Kidby has played in a ton of them, too. So is uh, Schneider. Uh, only one. One. Oh, excuse me. I thought he, I would have thought he played it more. Who did he, he play that with? He played with Adam Casey out of Saskatchewan. That was his only one. That was his only Interesting. one. Interesting. But Catlin Schneider has only played in one as well. Well, that seems wrong. Yeah, that can't be right. Because he played with the Jim Cotter yeah. that year uh, as well. So, eh. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll fact check How's the this? media guide uh, it's nobody's, some other time. It's nobody's first time. At this event. It's events, nobody's first right? time. And, right. And even if it's only one Briar, you know, they've played in trials yeah. as well, right? So, you know, th- no one's going to be scared of anything there. And I think if this is a team that gets on a roll, that they could be dangerous. You know, they, they play wild card in that first game. If you can get that win there, get your week off to a good start, you'll be in position potentially to go on a bit of a run. New Brunswick in the second game. Yeah. That's the only game that day, and then you get BC, and then the Northwest Territories. So yeah. you could potentially you get that wild card game, could potentially get some momentum. Yeah, you could be uh, you know three and one, four and zero oh there, uh, coming down to your games against Ontario and Canada, and then the, you finish up with the Yukon. So yeah, if they can put themselves in a good position in those first four games, then uh, you definitely got a chance to go forward. No question. So uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing them. Uh, I think there'll be a lot of green in the crowd, too. Because, Scott, there always is. Yeah, there always is. Uh, Do any of your Saskatchewan contacts have plans to go down to the event and perhaps sport their green? I would be stunned if uh, Dean Moser is not wearing green on the weekend. Okay, okay. Dean will be there. He will. uh, Cheering on Team Saskatchewan. Good on. Yes. Excited to see uh, Saskatchewan. Let's move on. Jim Cotter and his team representing British Columbia in a game in the BC final that Tyler Tardy, man, I mean, Jim Cotter, I hope they enjoyed this week because based on the trend lines, Tyler Tardy is coming. And, he sure uh, is, you yeah. know, it's, it's going to be a battle out there in BC for the next couple of years. And Jim Cotter and his team, they're going to be a tough out for Tyler Tardy, uh, or Tyler Tardy is going to be a tough out for them. But that was a, a fun game out there in the BC final. And it's always fun to see Jim Cotter at this. He is as cool a customer as you can get. I think, I, whenever I think of Jim Cotter, I think of John Morris, when John Morris was on that team. And John Morris has played with arguably the best player ever. And he said that he's never played with anybody as calm as Jim Cotter. As Jim Cotter, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. I'm still not convinced that Jim Cotter has a heartbeat, but he's a living, breathing human being, so he must. He must, yeah. So, so Sean, uh, Jim Cotter's record without John Morris at this event is shockingly not that great. I don't find it that shocking. John Morris is great. Well, John Morris is great, but considering like, oh, we think, oh yeah, Jim Cotter comes and he's pretty good. Like he can make the playoffs. So 2019, four and seven. Yeah. 2017, he was seven and four with John Morris. 2016, he was three and eight without John Morris and five and six. Uh, With John Morris in 2014, they got the silver medal at 10 and three. Yep. And then four and seven on his own, four and seven on his own, 
he was eight and five with Bob Ursel skipping and him throwing fourth rocks. So, oh uh, yeah. Uh, so in this, he throws the fourth rocks, but he does not skip. Uh, Steve Laycock will yep. be the the skip, which seems to be his sweet spot, right? Yeah, that's where he thrives a bit. I just, you know, we'll, we'll wait to see how the the week plays out, but the history tells me that sans John Morris. Uh, we we could see this BC team miss the playoffs. It, it's certainly possible. Or uh, miss the championship pool, even. I think that's a tougher route. Uh, or I, I'd be more surprised to, to if that were to happen. Well, we've got three teams ahead. Or four teams ahead already. Yeah, I think when you get to the next team, I, I don't obviously want to discount them. But, well, they're the fifth um, team that we talked yeah, the, about, the right? Sorry, the fifth team. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, championship pool might be tough. Uh, yeah, we've, sorry, I forgot that we had the wild card in there. That's right. Uh, yeah, so yeah, it, you're right. It, it could be tough. I think you know, if they win against the three teams below them, then they just have to potentially eke out one more. Beat one more team. To get yeah. to a tie break, which they're capable of doing. Overall on the season, they're 34 and 18. Uh, the hammer efficiency, though, down at 35%, which in this field is not going to be good enough. No. They're going to have to pick up that uh, and convert more often with the hammer. Into the 40s, uh, I, I think will be will be important in this pool. Yeah, but a pretty good steal efficiency uh, combined with the force efficiency too. So they're okay. obviously playing games that are pretty junky uh, and coming down to last stones uh, in each end. So we'll, we'll see how that breaks out for Jim Cotter. Yeah, it's going to be an uphill climb for them though, as you say. But they have to take care of the next three teams. That's right. In order to do that, the next is the one, the only, the ageless, Jimmy the Kid. Yeah, Jimmy the Kid. They're, you know... They're the kind of team that we've seen get out off to a slow start at the Briar and then pick it up as the week goes on. Yep. And this pool format seems to disadvantage those kinds of teams. For sure. We just saw Andrea Crawford from New Brunswick reel off four straight wins after losing her first three, uh, only to then lose out in a playoff. But it's the kind of thing where the New Brunswick team you know, takes a couple of days to, to get used to the ice and get used to everything. And when they do, they can play with anybody. So they've got early games against UConn and Saskatchewan. Those those are the kind of games that they're going to need to get. Yes, uh, no question. You know, sure, against Cooey, against John Epping, you don't really expect them to win. But it's, it's those games, Saskatchewan and BC, if they can beat one or both of those teams, yep. you know, hopefully both, it sets them up to maybe push at... The championship pool, but I, this isn't a team that's gonna gonna make the playoffs. No, it, it, very unlikely. Uh, the one big event that they played in this year was the Tour Challenge Tier Two mm-hmm. event. They went one and three there, did not make the playoffs. Uh, the one win was against Jamie Murphy, uh, but lost to Tanner Horgan, Rich Ruinen. So you know, okay. team teams that are not on the level of the top teams. In this pool, so yeah, right. it is. It certainly is going to be tough for Jim Jimmy, but you know that shot he made in the tenth end of the New Brunswick final to win. I know it's on that yeah. famously straight New Brunswick ice or, or tough New Brunswick ice, but if he makes shots like that, uh, where he had to sort of come around a rock in the top four foot and be in the back four, yeah, uh, and he makes it, and Team Roach can't convert <laughs> can't their shot because. He just couldn't. He put like he put it in a it, spot it, that he couldn't really do anything. Yeah, with. it was one of those shots where if you walked the stone down, you would have put it where it ended <laughs> yeah. up, 
And, you know, he he's so good. He's been around so long that if he's able to bail the team out here and there, could uh, could cause some trouble for some teams. Yeah, that's that's the kind of player he is, right? And yeah. you do expect on his skill alone, they can come up and maybe, you know, give one of these teams a game. Yeah. And, you know, maybe lose in the 10th end on a last rock, but really push one of these top teams. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and if he can come out on the right side and, and eke out a win or two, then that'd be all great. Yeah, and a team that doesn't play that much, 23-11 and 11 on the season going into this. So, yeah, they're going to have to get their legs under them a little bit. Uh, next team up, though, Thomas Scoffin and his team out of UConn. We saw them at the Briar last year, or we certainly saw Thomas uh, last year. We were very big on Thomas Scoffin, Scott, last year. I, I went back and I just looked at the, the description of our post Briar episode, and we talked about how Team Yukon was a lot of fun. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they were a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> la- last year, Thomas Goffin wasn't on the ice for Yukon. Oh, excuse me. Uh, but who was it? Bob Smallwood? Maybe. Okay. But uh, back, he's back. He's after, been in the Briar. Yeah, 2018 in Regina. Yes. Uh, it went 2 and 6 as the Yukon skip. Yes. Tough showing. Yeah, I guess they counted that uh, seeding pool game. Yeah, those seeding pool games were fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like Thomas Scoffin, we've seen him at tons of Canadian juniors. Uh, looking here, he's played at seven uh, under 21 curling championships for UConn. Uh, obviously, uh, he went to the University of Alberta as well, and I think he played for the Golden Bears there. Yeah, he won a gold medal in 2015. Hey, this media guide is really good. It is, a, it is good. Go, go check go, it out. Go read the media guide. Yeah, it's not just for media. You can read <laughs> it too on the Curling Canada website. So he's got with him quite a young team. He's 25. The youngest on the team is 22. Everybody else sort of in between. And, oh, my man, this wife, this guy has a, a wife and a son, and he's 25. Oh, yeah. Boy, what have I done with my life? I'm sitting here talking about curling. That's hey, what's lives up. In, uh, he lives in Yukon. You can't really go out much. So you got to, <laughs> what are you, you going to do? Got to enter, entertain yourself, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, you know, a young team. Uh, nobody else, I don't think, has been to the Briar on this yeah. team. So it'll be a first time showing. Hopefully they, they'll, like, get some experience, have some fun, maybe accomplish something like the Nunavut women accomplished and win a game, maybe two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's what you can expect. I think so, yeah. And, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, sorry, I thought it was last year, but a couple of years ago with uh, Thomas Scoffin, his dad was on that team, I remember. Yeah, way, right. Yeah. It, was, it was sort of an older older team. Uh, so this year, as you say, rejigging it, having younger players with him. And given the success he's had at other levels, we, you know, we talked about it with what happens if Carrie Galusha decides not to play anymore. Is there anyone behind her? in the Northwest Territories on the women's side. This is a team that could be like a Carrie Galusha or a Jamie Cooey for UConn, right? A player who yeah. you know, is there every year, is going to play some tough games, is going to give people trouble, is going to nip some people uh, throughout the event and get some, some good wins. That's what these guys could be. Perhaps even more than that, because Thomas Scoffin's pedigree as a young player is so high right that university of alberta program is really good yeah so you know botcher went through it carson sturmey is this is last year in it it's turned out some really top-notch players so yeah who knows this week it's going to be tough of course 
but I wouldn't sleep on them, as you say, to win a, a couple games. Yeah, and, and looking at his results as a junior, he first went when he was 13 years old, right. representing uh, UConn, got better every year that he was there, to the point where in 2013 he represented Alberta as he was playing, uh, like going to school down there, yeah. and got the silver medal losing to Matt Dunstone. Right. So, and part of that is going to be teammates too. Sure. Right? But Who you can take with you. But you see like a progression as the Yukon skip. I uh, finished seven and five the year before as the Yukon skip. So like constantly improving. Uh, hopefully we can get that kind of constant improvement out of him, seeing him at multiple Briars in a row. Right? Yeah, for sure. You, you bring the same squad, you get more experience, and you go from there. No question. So let's, uh, Scott, talk about the final team in Pool A. The one, the only, the legendary Jamie Cooey in the Northwest Territories. He is back for another rodeo at the Briar. Uh, fan favorite, I think. Uh, certainly with uh, a certain segment of the fans. He's a, he's a favorite. Uh, pretty good Twitter follow as well. Yeah. Uh, fun guy. He just loves to play. And he, he enjoys the experience of all the players uh, you know, of all 64 players who will be in the main field, I feel very comfortable in saying that Jamie Cooey will be the most frequent visitor to the patch yep. for the week. Um, you know, he, he really does just in, seem to enjoy the experience, enjoy being around the, the, the game, being around the fans. He really soaks it in, makes the most out of it every time. He wants to win. There is no question about that. He wants to win the games that he plays in when he's on the sheet. But he also wants to enjoy the experience. And I think fans uh, around the event, when you see him, really latch on to that. Uh, and I, I don't know when he's playing his brother. I hope it's early that they can put it on because... I know it's tough for Fred, uh, <laughs> but I, I love those Fred. The, he's got the two flags, yeah. and you know, at the end of every end, he's waving whichever flag is scored. <laughs> you know, I just I love that so much, and uh, it's 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 fun to see. It's right? really fun to see. Yeah, that's Sunday afternoon. Okay, that uh, could be the TV game. So then, yeah, early we, we could see a NWT on TV, uh, which would be pretty nice. Uh, for sure. He's got a uh, young team with him, as he did last year, uh, bringing a pretty young team. He's got uh, David Aho, Shadrick McLeod, and Cole Parsons. We've seen David Aho before. Yeah, I think all three of them were with him last year. The, the second McLeod played uh, three games as an alternate uh, for their team. And Matt Ng, who's their alternate this year, uh, played uh, three games last year too, so okay. he's. It seems like he's trying to, you know, groom the next, the next uh, wave of new Northwest Territories talent, uh, and, and you know, like you hope that he's got a competitive game with his brother, yeah, and that they win one or two, yeah, I think so, and I, I think they'd probably be happy with that, too, uh, and that he gets the record for most beers. Yeah, <laughs> crushed in, in in the week. But he'd be breaking his own record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> on that one. Uh, I also said, I didn't know this. I just Googled Fred Cooey. Uh, he was a politician there in the Northwest Territories. Uh, he was a member of the Legislative Assembly from 1991 to 1995. Good. So there you go. So that's Pool A, Ontario Wildcard Canada, Saskatchewan, British Columbia, New Brunswick, Yukon, and the Northwest Territories. I think... It's not quite as top-heavy as top 
as Pool B. I think Pool B has a very clear three. Yeah. A pretty clear four, and then the other other teams. Yeah, which I think pains I think, me to say. I but. think Pool A has a pretty clear two. Yeah, and then the next three. So yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I'd agree. Yeah. So uh, so let's move over to Pool B. The top ranked team in the country as of December thirty first, which only got bigger after they won the Grand Slam in January. I can only imagine. Yeah, the Open. Yeah, the. Formerly Canadian Open, uh, which we will talk about at some point. Uh, Northern Ontario, Brad Jacobs and his team. This is a, a squad that, of course, gold medalists. They've won a briar before, and they've lost briars in finals in some of the toughest mm-hmm. circumstances you can imagine. The Pat Simmons shot, which I know I talk about a lot on the show, but it's one of so my good. favorite shots so that good. he makes, and, and I'm still not entirely, entirely sure how Carter Rycroft didn't burn it. Uh, <laughs> we came really close to burning that rock in celebrating yeah. the shot. And uh, it Has just... Has his broom come down yet? Might be no, stuck in the rafters. When, yeah, when they, when they tear down the saddle dome, uh, they'll have to go up and get the broom <laughs> <laughs> out and put it, uh, put it in the Canada Sports Hall of Fame or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so they, you know, they've been there. You know, we talked about they've been in the playoffs so often, but they just haven't been able to make it over that hump to win since the Olympic gold medal, which now we're talking about six years since they won that in 2014. And for a team this good, I know now with the lineup change, that is a long time to go without winning a briar. I I have to say, like, for for a normal human being to say you haven't won a briar in in six years... You'd be like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Right. But for the for Brad Jacobs, for how good he is, it 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 is kind of surprising. And for how they've been in it, it's not like they've gone and had bad results. They've been in it. They've been there. Just haven't been able to get over the hump. Mm-hmm. Of course, Mark Kennedy on board, winning the Canada Cup last year, winning three consecutive Grand Slams this year. I mean, I talked about I praised Ryan Fry because I think he's been really good for that Epping team. Mark Kennedy is. <laughs> he's so good. He's he's the secret sauce, man. He's the the elixir, uh, the fountain of life that they needed. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's so good. They're they've been pretty much unstoppable. Yeah. Uh, this year, the Canada Cup, a rare hiccup, but the, the, there's nothing preventing this team from winning. It's if they don't win, I think they're going to be. It's either going to be them losing it. Or some other team playing above their head. Oh, I don't know. I, I think I think, you know, Kevin Cooey on his best day, and Brad Jacobs on his best day. Uh, I mean, I'd watch that. Yeah, that's, I, g- give me a Russian best <laughs> out of seven style series of that. Sure. You know, I, I would watch all those games. You know, but I, I do think there are teams here that, if Brad Jacobs is playing his best, and they're playing their best. It's going to come down to pretty much whoever has last rock. Maybe, right? yeah, in, maybe. In, in the game. So. Just, just the way that they've played this year has been so dominant Yeah, uh, in those events. And I don't know if it's his uh, shaved head is really intimidating the other teams, <laughs> if it's his uh, death stare. Yeah. You know, and he's... It's, it's like super creepy, it, let's yeah. be real, when I he pre- slides out. Yeah, I prefer not bald Brad Jacobs. Yeah, and, and I think Brad Jacobs has the option because I don't think he's like bald like me. No, but uh, few are. Yeah, few are. Maybe, maybe I think 
the beard and the bald is okay when you've got some some glasses to break up the face. Right. And and when you've got a beard and bald with no glasses, <laughs> it's a little bit scary. Right. Uh, so a- anyway, regardless of that, Sean. Yeah. Regardless of that, we uh, <laughs> we, we digress. Uh, we digress. I, I, I think, think no. If, if there is a weak point on this team, okay. which which I don't think there is, I I would suggest that if you're looking at the lineups and you're you're breaking it down sort of team by team, I might put somebody like Brett Gallant slightly ahead of EJ as a player by, you know, a fraction of a percentage on, on their best day. Yeah. And I I might think too I, I mean it's super tough that you know, at the lead position to, you know, Ryan Harden and sometimes on those ticks when they play them hasn't been quite as efficient. I, I, but that's like such your yeah, you're I'm super, so small. Su- I'm super nitpicking at yeah. that because that's how good that's how, that's good, how good they are. They are yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? That yeah. you know, Ryan Harden might make eight and a half out of every tick shots. We we talked about right? we talked about six teams we thought could win this. I would be shocked if this team doesn't make the playoffs. I agree. Right? This team if yeah, if they don't make the playoffs, it's a huge implosion, and I think it's self-caused. Yeah, and, if that and, happens. and we saw that at the Roar of the Rings in 2018. That was self-caused, right. and Brad Jacobs was way into his head. He, he they didn't show it on the broadcast. I I'm kind of glad they didn't. Yeah. Uh, for Brad Jacobs' sake, but he had a I mean, he had a meltdown yeah. after he gave up a steal at one point, where he took his gripper and just like went to town on on his thigh. Like he just was like sort of smacking, smacking himself. himself, yeah. And that's the sort of thing that you you, I don't think we'll see from them with Mark Kennedy on the team. Yeah, I think their head is they're they're sort of, you know, you know, there's a Drake song in my feelings. Yeah, I don't think he's so much in his feelings anymore. No, and, and I think too, you know, they're not with Kingsbury anymore. But after Kingsbury, after the Olympics, and and he left Team Home and they parted ways that they worked with Kingsbury for a year and that's yeah. what Kingsbury does. Yeah. He's right and I think he was really good for them mm-hmm. uh, from from all accounts that puts them in a in a better position to to win um, and, and yeah so I and even just the little things like a couple of years ago picking Tanner Horgan to come with them I don't think 2015 16 Brad Jacobs does that. No, I, right? I pick a young player who almost beat him to go with them, right? I, you know, when they they had Caleb with them for a while, and then obviously the situation. Uh, or I don't think it was Caleb actually; it was another player. But uh, you know, there was the, the doping situation yeah. uh, with the like those sorts of things. That's not happening with this team anymore. Tapping players with knee, about knees on the ice, like that that stuff that's isn't happening. happening with this team anymore. Yeah, uh, and it's it's a lot of fun to see that that talent is now just going to speak for itself. Hopefully, so. A lot of fun to see them this week and see how they play. Another team in this pool is the two-time finalist. Defending finalist? I don't know. Uh, Brendan Botcher and his team, they have lost the last two finals at a Briar. Last year, of course, to Kevin Cooey on a... Uh, a shot that if it curls a millimeter away, a millimeter more, we're talking about Brendan Botcher as the Canadian champion. Yeah. And... 
you know, Cooey's going to Cooey, so uh, he, he makes the shot. But this is a team, Scott, that, you know, I said it earlier, in terms of just being positive, being fun, of what I look for in a TV team, this is kind of it. Right, I you know I like the the positivity of it, yeah, uh, really fun. But then I also like Dar- Darren has a Richard Hart style call, where he sort of panic laughs when he's doing it. <laughs> well, no, no, oh. like I, I, it's I, it's not as sort of jarring as some other panicky type calls I find. Okay. And Darren Molding has relaxed over the past few years. Right, I think yes, Brandon Botcher has rubbed off on Darren Moldy. Yeah. And it's a lot more of a, a chill, relaxing situation. We saw even, I think it was at the, the Alberta, I, I don't know if it was the final or the, the semifinal there, where Darren Moldy, he had cut himself somehow. I'm not sure how. It was sort of bleeding a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was making jokes about whether or not you could see the blood on his shirt on TV and stuff like that, like that sort of stuff, right? It's just a looser team. Yeah. And he's like super aware. Yeah. He's, yeah. He knows what's going on. Yeah. Right? He runs their social media, which is, I think, the best team social media in the country. It is one of the best. As yeah. well. Yeah. So, and, and then you have, you know, Thiessen, you know, Thiessen and, and Hebert are probably toe to toe for the best sweepers in the country right now, uh, if not in the world. Yeah. Uh, as, and then Carrick Martin is just. Because if you grow up in that household, you have a really good mind for the for the sport. Yeah. So it, all around, it's a great team. That's how you get to two consecutive Briar finals. And I, again, this field is so deep. You, I don't. You can't begrudge them if they don't make it back to a final. Uh, but also, you you wouldn't be surprised to see them pull this one out. No, I, I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see them pull it out. I think what you said earlier about learning from losing. Yeah, I don't know if you said that today. I or said, if that, you said on the, that yesterday. Uh, yesterday on the, yeah. the episode about your the words, Scotties. your words, Sean. They just stick in my mind. Uh, <laughs> but this team has learned a lot from the last two years, right? Yeah, uh, and from their their start, sort of in men's curling, where they they weren't so great and uh, you know had had to go through some hardships. Yeah. Well, I believe and, it's his first time there, three and eight, three and eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if Darren was with them at that time, but. Uh, but but anyway, no, it was new because he was playing with Simmons. Pat Simmons was on the team early, didn't quite work out. Darren stepped in, uh, I believe, late in that season. So they had, they were just uh, starting right. to work together, and that's when Darren was still a little more wound up yeah. about it. That's and, right. Uh, yes. I'm sort of within the game, so you know, working to this. It's a really good example. You know, we talked about it yesterday with Carrie Anderson a bit too. Uh, that you know, and Jennifer Jones for that matter. Teams need to progress. Yeah. Right. The first few events even the first season you play with a team they're not a finished product yeah. and certainly we've seen that with the, the Brendan Botcher team that it takes time to grow it takes time to progress uh, to get to a point where you're comfortable with each other being critical when you need to be critical being supportive when you need to be supportive knowing what mm-hmm. the other players need mm-hmm. and they seem to be in a really good place that that final uh, both games on Sunday of the Alberta uh, played out if we get if we get a championship Sunday at the Briar that was as good as the Alberta Championship Day. Yeah, we'll take that. I'll take that for sure. Like Ted Appleman was on his game in the semifinal, mm-hmm. and Brendan Botcher was able to beat him. And Karsten Sturme came out and played a fantastic game in the final. And if we get that caliber uh, of curling at the the Briar, I'll be, I'll be thrilled. But it also speaks to how, what Brendan Botcher and that team had to go through to get here, mm-hmm. playing top level competition. And being up to the task. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, uh, I think this team will be able to do it. Uh, 
And uh, Sean, a shout out to Brendan Botcher, who recently got engaged. Oh, very exciting. So big time congratulations yeah. to him uh, him and his fiance. So, you know, maybe uh, as, as a newly engaged man, he will be able to bring his curling to a new level. I don't know. I've never been engaged. I don't know if, like, maybe maybe it gives you some sort of... Makes you more relaxed? More confidence? Gives you super, superpowers? Yeah. We'll see. We'll see, <laughs> we'll right? See, we'll see what... Yeah, we'll I mean, it didn't, it didn't work for two years while he wasn't engaged, so... I mean, two finals is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, but maybe uh, maybe an engagement equals a finals win. Finals win, yeah. Progression, yeah. You're moving on up. Yeah, in, like in you life. say, progression as a yeah, team. Moving on up. So, uh, yeah, well, congratulations to uh, Brendan Botcher. I believe is wife-to-be now, yeah. uh, I believe a real estate agent, I want to say, uh, out there in Edmonton. Uh, uh, well. Bobby Sauter. Yeah, I believe uh, Solds, a couple of curlers have tweeted about buying their homes with her. So. Well, you know, it's, it seems like a, a, a bit of a uh, common name, so I'm... So uh, don't. So if you tweet it, you're not gonna, get, or if you Google it, you're not gonna get, get an immediate response. Yeah, my my Google has not been good. Yeah. So uh, so we'll move on to the next team. That was a lot of Brendan Botcher talk. Uh, the next team, of course, Brad Gushu. We we don't have to talk as much about Brad Gushu because they're really good. They've they're won good. two Briars. Uh, this configuration is great. I feel like I'm I'm sort of glowing about everybody, but uh, I really really like uh, Mark there at the at the third position. I th- you know we we've we saw for years and years and years. Uh, you know I think Mark first I think he took a step back and then he was out in uh, Winnipeg playing yeah. with Jeff Stoughton. Played lead I think for Stoughton. Right yeah, yeah. and because uh, Mead. Uh, John Mead was on that team. Yeah, that team was so good. Uh, Imagine that. Eh? And uh, yeah, John, John Mead and, and Mark. And what what you see with this team, especially with with Mark and Brad at the back end, just so much familiarity with each other, so much comfort. I generally dislike front end players coming down to the other end, but the way Brett Glant does it kind of works because. He only gets involved in the conversation if he needs to or if he's asked to. And then once Brad starts to go up the ice, Brett and Mark will talk about weight and line and all that stuff. And it it does feel like, you know, Jeff is in that Don Don McEwen role of, like, just don't say anything. Right. Uh, But, you know, he goes down. Like, Jeff's really good about weight and knows what's going on, too. So I think it's it's kind of works well for this team to have one player at the hack – Waiting, so that when Brad gets down, he can, he can talk to him, get some feedback, and then when Brett gets back, they can sort of confirm and make sure everyone, all four players, are on the same page. Because yeah. we see it a lot where, well, generally what happens is both front end players are at the other end, but by Brett going down, he has the chance to talk with Mark, and it's all four people when Brad kicks out of the the hack, knowing what they expect. So I think that's a, for as much as I generally hate it, and I hope no club team anywhere ever recreates this strategy, I think it really works well for this team. Yeah, it's sort of like Brett is the the captain of the front end. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and he, I, I think he times rocks from the other team as they're going down. So he's sliding with it and timing it anyway. And then he's got such a great pedigree as a skip on his of his own right, yeah. That world, what, world junior champion, yeah, or just Canadian champion. I think world junior yeah. champion. Uh, you know what the media guide will tell me, but uh, that he he's sort of giving his input on strategy while at the same time learning, yeah, strategy from 
from Gushu and sort of they're all coming together and like you say they're just a great team uh, Jeff Walker is the kind of guy that yeah he's quiet but when he says something he, it's one of those things that you got to listen to yes right so uh, really good roles for all these players and uh, yeah I mean this team maybe they've had a, a bit of a down year uh, you know they, they were two years in a row Canadian champions and one world championship in there that's a lot of games to play yep and you know Brad has talked about his knee giving him some problems his, uh, his hip and stuff so, you know, you got to take some time and, and get back. But uh, uh, if they put together a great week, they're as good, if not better, than anyone. Yeah, no, no question. So uh, just Brett Gallant lost the 2009 World Junior Final, but he is the all-time winningest skip at the Canadian Juniors with 48 wins. Wow. Representing he, Prince Edward Island, of course. Yeah, he did. He had five... Five juniors? Five Canadian juniors? So he uh, played in? No, I'm looking at Adam Casey's number. I'm, I'm searching Brett Galland. Brett Galland played in six. Casey. He played in six, won once. Wow. So uh, See, very again, impressive. Again, that like, you know, getting better over time, right? Yeah. Uh, so No question. So uh, a, definitely a top-notch competitor there in, in Brad Gushu. And uh, as always at the Scotties, or at the Briar, excuse me, Scott, we will get to see the Gushu girls. The Gushu girls? Yeah. They always make the trip out. Yeah, the, the Brad's daughters? Is that who you mean? No, it's four fans who, oh. who are the Gushu girls. It's five of them, and they one of them's the G, one of them's the U, the first U. Yeah. One of them's the S-H-U-E. So I guess six. that's six letters, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Gushu girls. Oh, so they'll be there. Yeah. Maybe I'll uh, get an interview with them. There you go. Uh, or at least a photo. Hey, a uh, quick age guess on how old Jules Ocher is. 76. Wow, 75. Okay. Pretty close. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's been around forever. Yeah. He doesn't look 75, but... Well, he looks the same way he looked in 1994. Yeah. <laughs> so who knows how old he is. There you go. Ageless uh, wonder. Uh, speaking of ageless wonders, Jason Gunlison. Hey, no. Also feels like he's been around forever, uh, but is like 30 or something. Like he's not very old. Uh, representing Manitoba, first win for them. Uh, we talked yesterday about how excited a lot of people in the curling community are for Kerry Anderson and that team for winning the Scotties. I think the Jason Gunless in Manitoba win was almost on par in terms of universal support for the team. Jason Gunlison seems to be just a beloved figure in this community, mm-hmm. in the sport. Uh, people love him. We love him. Yep. Uh, you know, him coaching Botcher at the 2018 trials <laughs> is something that I reference pretty much every game I play. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a it's an incredible strategy discussion uh scoreboard management discussion and he is a guy that is very open about what their their effort is what their strategy is they're going to try things that are unconventional they're really into the analytics they uh, are going to rely on the big weight especially him Mm -hmm. late in ends because he can whip it down the ice and they're gonna have to be super precise in this field, I think they benefit from the pool a little bit. And you know, we talked mm-hmm. about there, there's the top three of, of Jacobs, Botcher, Gushu. And then there's, at least in pedigree, a dip to Gunlison. But then there's a dip below that, again, yeah. in terms of pedigree. So 
you know, t top to bottom, a very talented team. Adam Casey has represented every province, and <laughs> it's uh, yeah. it's something that I, I I hope that I mean Gunner's been around these events certainly, uh, but it is a different experience when you play, and and Casey skipped in it too, so I hope that yeah. you know Gunner can can lean on Casey for what it's like that he's going in prepared. Yeah, and I think. I think like it's going to be a super fun week for them as a team. Obviously, they're going to try to win. They always do. But what what's interesting about them is they they sort of try things that you're like, what? Why are you doing that? Right. And, and it's it's because they've said us against this team. You know, this team does this well, so we're going to try to counteract that. Sure. Kind of thing. So. Uh, pretty pretty cool. They open with a game against Brad Gushu. Okay. Which, you know, is... It could be a good draw, though. We talk about it all the time where, you know, those first games, teams are still trying to figure out the ice. Especially if it's snowing over, mm. you know, Thursday, Friday in Kingston there, if, or raining and there's moisture. Could be a bit humid. It could be humid. It could be tough. And the conditions could change from practice on Friday into Saturday. So you know, we talk about it a lot that if you're a team that is playing somebody who's higher ranked than you, a team that at least fans would not expect you to beat, you probably want to play them on that first draw. Yeah, yeah, maybe you're right there. And then I'm, I'm looking at their last two days of the event. They finished PEI, Nunavut, Nova Scotia. So even if they're you know two and two, one and one and uh, three, yeah, they might get those last three and uh, yeah. Surprise you a bit? Yes. What's uh? You got a smile on your face. I do. I do have a smile on my face. In the uh, in the media guide, Jason Gumlison is listed as being 35 years old, which the math checks out on that. Okay. That he is 35 years old. How many years do you think it has Jason Gunlison li <laughs> listed as having curled? Jason Gunlison has curled 36 years. <laughs> That's what it says. <laughs> so he's 35 years old and he's curled for 36 years. Who does this fact-checking? Is this Al? <laughs> this is great. Oh, this boy. is absolutely amazing. That is incredible. Uh, I am putting that on Instagram. That is amazing. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty uh, I, good. I will show. cut this and, and put it up. Uh, also, I didn't know this. Married to Teresa Cannon. Yeah. A uh, great player in her own right. So uh, certainly a, a good curling family there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, so yeah, so I think with this team, it's it's gonna be a, they're gonna be fun to watch. I, they're gonna get a couple TV games for sure. Uh, I think they're they should be in this pool a safe-ish bet for that uh, championship pool. But let's not sleep on the next team, Jamie Murphy. Sean, Game of Stones podcast does not sleep. On Jamie Murphy. No, we never would do that to our, our dear friend Jamie Murphy. I, I like watching Jamie Murphy play. I really do. Uh, you know, he has sort of like a half-tuck delivery. Yeah. Uh, he, he's, he's, he's a player who is kind of like Grattan. And this is really where we see them. Their season really feels to be designed around getting to this event. And they've been competitive in the past like they've they've given teams trouble uh, they've made it i believe they've made it into the championship pool in this format but please do correct me if i'm wrong on that and it's it's again just a team that i like to watch and i i root for because they don't really have that much of a 
uh, a pedigree. And, and yeah, so 2018 uh, did make it in yeah. that uh, championship pool out there in Regina. Yeah, yeah. And the, he's got Paul Fleming coming in to play third with him. Uh, played with him again in 2018, similar way. But uh, Paul Fleming is one of these guys that's sort of been around. You know, he played with Mark Dacey, uh, played with Sean Adams out of Nova Scotia. So, uh, you know, a well-traveled curler yes. uh, in Nova Scotia circles. And, yeah, this is one of those teams. Do you think, Sean, do you think that Jamie Murphy and Jamie Cooey, if you looked at pictures of them side by side... You, They're very similar. They could be brothers, right? They're very similar looking, yeah. Yeah, uh, except I, Jamie Murphy, let's not, let's not sleep on Jamie Murphy's got better hair. Me- well. Meaning that he's got hair. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it, I think this is where the, the sort of drop-off happens. Gunlickson and Murphy, you could see them being in, in a similar range, yep. but you'd give Gunlickson the edge for sure. I think so, yeah. So it would just be – but it's fun. I mean, I love, I love when Jamie Murphy's there. I hope he gets a TV game uh, at some point in the week. Ma- yeah. Maybe that game against Gunlickson, if, they, if they're sort of tight, if it's like – I don't. When do they play? Did you say when they play each other? Like, if they're both like two and two or something, or because uh, that could be that game for that fourth spot. For well, Jamie Murphy and Manitoba. Yeah, yeah, they're the last game of the draw. Okay, so you know if there's something on the line, we could see it. All right, so let's move on to Team Quebec and an all-rookie team and all a very young all-rookie team skipped by Alec Bedard. This was actually was the 2018 team that represented Quebec at the junior Juniors. championship uh, they went five and five together as a team all of them uh, first time at a Briar all of either 21 22 23 years old so a young team here and a bit of a change in the guard over in Quebec of course with uh, Jim uh, Jean-Michel, Jean-Michel Bernard, uh, hanging it up uh, after two years ago so you know, you hate to put pressure on a team and say, this could be the new team that represents Quebec all the time. But uh, it's, it's always fun to see new players at this event. Don't really have much of a book on these guys other than the 5-5 five and five at the juniors uh, a couple of years ago. And because of that, and just we, we see it with rookie teams all the time. We saw it with Laura Walker at the Scotties uh, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago where it, it's tough for new teams to come to this event. This is a longer event than... Anything else? Yep. It's longer than the juniors. It's on different conditions. Uh, you know, the juniors are in the clubs for some of the games yep. versus the and then in the arena. You know, TV cameras there. The pageantry of it, of you know, the marching in and yep. you know, there's junior players that are there that are in there with you. Uh, they, all these little things that you don't think of, and that is the stuff that you just have to get used to. When you've not been around that environment, it's tough. So. I hope these guys have a great week. If they do, I know Noemi Verro did not win any games, but if they play as well as she did, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Right? She you know, gave teams games. Yeah. Uh, it was never a walkover. No. Uh, Even though the score might look like it in yeah. a couple cases. It was some taking chances and like just missing at the wrong time. Yeah. So overall, yeah, I think that's what they can hope for. Uh you don't expect much more. Uh, I did. I did search on Alec Bedard. His father, Danielle Bedard, is their alternate this week. 
and he was the Quebec skip at the Canadian Mixed in 1999. Okay. At which they finished five and six. Pretty good. Uh, yeah, not bad. And uh, I, but I did think for a second that he was related to Eric Bedard. The speed? No, the pitcher. The pitcher. Yeah. But I was wrong. I, I'm just being uh, <laughs> lumping uh, last names in yes. together. So, uh, so yeah, not much to say about this team just because we don't know much about them. Uh, but certainly, yeah, we hope they have a, have a solid week. You know what? Maybe this is the start of us learning about them. Which would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so here, let's move on to a team that we know a lot about, especially because we're here in Ottawa. Brian Cochran. And Prince Edward Island and that team. Uh, okay, fine. I don't know if we know a lot about them. I know a lot about them. How's that? Yeah, uh, that's played right. played against uh, Brian Cochran over at the Rideau Club. They are in the Cash League there, and this is the defending World Senior Curling Champions. Scott, uh, the the clean sweep last year along with Sherry Anderson. Sherry Anderson, yeah. And this is the first case of the residency rule being you know that slippery slope that people talked about this is this is the case of that all four of these guys are ontario residents all born in prince edward island uh, i believe it's all four of them uh, they don't have it they're not using the import uh, for this at all uh, but this is that team and you know i i hope they i hope they do well i i, I genuinely do he has been to the briar before Way back in 2003, I'm just so used to things happening within the last year, yeah, uh, or years, last yeah. 10 years. Uh, goes five and six as Team Ontario there. Went with Mark Keane back in 2015 as well as an alternate slash yeah. coach. Uh, I mean, Brian Cochran and my interactions with him around Ottawa, good guy, right? Fun to, fun to be around. Uh, and you do wonder if if this is not the typical PEI team because so much experience playing in and around Ontario. Right. So you wonder about that, but at the same time, long week, the the sweeping is so important, especially, you know, when you're talking about, you know, inches and quarter of inches. By the time we get later in the yeah. week, I, like, I don't know. I, I, I don't mean that. I, that's going to sound terrible. Like, they're old. They can't do it. But, you know, I'm, I'm 34, and... I couldn't do it. By the end of <laughs> by the end of the eighth end, I'm way more, I, I'm not as effective as I was in the first end. Yeah, yeah. No, I know these guys probably you know train harder than I do, but it's eh, maybe yeah. they're uh, so they're all 55 and older. Yes, uh, it's a great story. Bri- Brian Cochran wasn't born in Prince Edward Island, according to oh yeah, according to the this. media guide. Yeah, he wasn't. Uh, so he's their import. Because Ian McCauley was born there, Morgan Curry II was born in Summerside, and Mark O'Rourke is the lead, uh, born in Charlottetown. Uh, husband of Kathy O'Rourke, who we saw Love Kathy uh, make that epic run in 2010. Oh, at Kathy the, uh, O'Rourke, oh my goodness. One, one of my favorite people I've ever talked to in the sport. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this team, you know, uh, I, I, when you play Brian, Sean, yeah. uh, what is he like after the game? Game for a beer? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like this is the guys that are like, oh, we're game for a beer. But again, that's, you know, Tuesday night cash league at the Rideau Curling Club. That's yeah. not at the Briar. Uh, eh. They're not going to win. So, like, eh. You're right. They're, they're not going to win. That, yeah. This really does. It, this is a great experience for these guys. You know, you're, you're someone like Morgan Curry. You're in your mid-50s. 
this is your first time at a briar. Like, so, fun, right? Soak it up. Yeah. Really enjoy it. I think, you know, we, we said on the show last week, we'll say it again, that or, or yesterday, if you have questions for players, send them to us. I, I want to talk to Morgan Curry. Yeah. I, like, that's a player that I want to pull uh, to talk about it, uh, to talk about the experience for him. Right, right. Because that's, that's this is sort of like what the, the best that sort of a, high-tier recreational curler like that can yeah, aspire to for sure right and like brian cochran's better than a recreational curler but somebody yeah who plays in cash league who doesn't travel much to play yeah uh this would be a dream for to sure. go to the the briar right so it uh, should be a lot of fun for them especially uh three of them live in and around ottawa it's yep. close to home they'll probably have a good, uh, have cheering a good section there. yeah so, yeah, they should have fun and uh, not win anything. So there you go. <laughs> so uh, the final team in the field, Team Nunavut, skipped by Jake Higgs. Uh, he's been to the Canadian Mixed Championships a few times, first time at a Briar. He, uh, born in Regina, lives in Strathroy. This is kind of curious that I'm not sure who their import is because the third, Dave Kohlenberg, was born in Moose Jaw and lives in Yellowknife. And I'm not a geography major, but I do know that Yellowknife is not in Nunavut, and I hope that Curling Canada is aware of that fact uh, as well. Uh, so I'm not entirely sure how this is working on the import. Uh, and the import rule, uh, the front-end players both live in Iqaluit. Uh Ed McDonald was there back in 2017 in the pre-qualifier, uh, or the relegation round as... Ah. as it should have been called. Right. Uh, they did not make it through. Jim Nix was the skip of that team. He's been in the Canadian mix a few times as well. Uh, Dave Kohlenberg has actually played in the Masters. He's 64 years old uh, here at his first Briar. This is, and he will skip Nunavut at the 2020 Senior Championships hmm. as well. Second, Kristen, Christian Smithraham, first time at any national event. So, uh, you know, similar to what we talked about with Brian Cochran, but even more so for these guys. Um, really cool experience for them uh, to get to go play, be in this yeah. environment. Uh, you know, just a couple of years ago with Dave St. Louis, I know we've said this before, but, you know, his goal was to make it to the 10th end of a game. Yeah. I'm guessing that this is sort of in the, the same realm as them. But, I mean, it, it's cool. Like, if I could do it, go represent a province, I would do it, and I would gladly get beat 20 to nothing by Brad Gushu. Like, I, I'd yeah. be in for that. He, Brad Gushu would hate it <laughs> and would never want to talk to me ever again, but I would be there for Say, the, the oh, two hours of that. we got to play eight ends of this nonsense? <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, Christian Smitherum is how I would pronounce it, the second. A pilot for Canadian North, so maybe oh, cool. they're getting some kind of a deal yeah. on flying standby down to, uh, <laughs> to Ottawa for the event uh we know talking to dave st louis there a couple of years ago that the cost of flying uh everyone down it was it was expensive it's very expensive right? yeah so uh yeah hopefully these guys get it you know maybe they can pull a laurietti and win a game or two but i wouldn't bet on it yeah yeah, so uh, all the best to them, and uh, hopefully they, uh, they get some coverage there. Uh, they, probably, they won't get a TV game. Uh, I think that's pretty clear. But uh, hopefully some positive coverage and, and some good vibes sending to Team Nunavut. So that's it. That's the 17 teams that are heading to Kingston this week to participate in the 2020 Briar. 
Is there anything else, Scott, that you want to talk about that you're looking forward to for this week? Well, Sean, this will be my first Briar experience uh, as media. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to you know interacting with all the fans that are there and you know going to the patch, uh, it, being able to watch all these games. Uh, it, it, I really love curling. I think we express that through our <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Uh, it was tough last week. Uh, admittedly, doing a show every night, it's fun, right? It's fun to talk yeah. about. But I was still going to work every day and uh, feeling a little, like, dragging a bit yeah. by the end of the week. But this week I'll be there. I won't have to worry about work. Uh, it'll just be fun times with the Briar. Yeah, for sure. And, and what I will say from, from being to a couple of these things as media, you, you want to go to all the draws, <laughs> Uh, but that can be hard too, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, so. Well, you it's know, also on TV, so there's. Yeah. You can take a break. Yeah, or like show up in the fifth end uh, yeah. or something, right? You can, you can do that too. Uh, that's what's great about, you know, not having tickets as well. You don't feel compelled necessarily, like you want to, but you don't feel compelled to. So it's an interesting dynamic. So I'm, I'm excited for you to get to experience the behind the scenes a little bit of, of one of these events and everything that goes into it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, so it should be fun. From that aspect, is there anything that you're looking forward to? I think this field is going to be fun. I just think this is going to be, it's a loaded field. Uh, it's going to be great curling. I just hope that the ice is in, in good shape. Uh, you know, anytime that they play somewhere near a lake, yeah. you know, there's always that discussion. I, I um, remember the ice being quite good, though, in 2013. Yeah, uh, yeah it should and, be fun. And the venue is really good. Yeah. And with the patch being uh, in the parking lot. Or wherever it is, uh, <laughs> pretty pretty solid, I'd say. Pretty solid. Yeah, and and I like uh, you know I like Eastern Time Zone events too. That we live here in Ottawa, so we have nine, two, and seven o'clock draws yeah. this week. So an extra half hour earlier uh, that we get uh, will be a little nice on those night draws for the daily episodes. So mm-hmm. uh, loaded field here, Scott. We're time to make our picks. Uh oh. Same rules as always, four teams to make the playoffs, and then you got to pick your winner. So, who you got? Who I got? Uh, I'm going to take uh, Brendan Botcher and get back to the playoffs. Give me John Epping. Give me Kevin Cooey. Oh, man, this is hard. Uh, and Brad Jacobs. Okay. I'm going to leave Gushu out of the playoffs. This is it's very hard to hard to do. Yes, it really is. Uh, but I'm going to pick Brad Jacobs to win. They're on the roll. Okay. Mark Kennedy has has been the key to their team succeeding, and I got to think he's what's going to get them over the top. Okay, I, I think that's a pretty fair uh, fair bet there. Uh, I'm going to go with Newfoundland and Labrador and Brad Gushu. I'm also going to go with Team Canada. I'm going to go with Alberta, Brandon Botcher, and Northern Ontario. I think we can get three teams out of that pool B. If Northern yeah. Ontario, Alberta, and Newfoundland and Labrador all split against each other, uh, which could happen, yeah. that they all go in 6-1 and one to that championship pool, that could give them a real advantage sure. against what happens in pool A. So I'm going to bet on the math a little bit there. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I couldn't... I couldn't put myself in a position to take those three teams uh, all out of the same pool. And uh, you know what? I'm going to go with, uh, give me a bit of an upset, potentially, 
uh, for the winner. I'm going to say Brendan Botcher makes it through. You know, it's really hard to get to a final. It's really hard to get to two finals in a row. It's damn near impossible to get to three finals in a row. But why not? But why not, eh? So, uh, so give me Brendan Botcher to win the 2020 Briar and represent Canada at the World Championships in some far-flung locale. Yeah, so to recap, you have uh, Alberta winning, Newfoundland, Labrador, Canada, and Northern Ontario? Yes. Okay. So the only w- only place we differ in terms of playoffs is I have Newfoundland and Labrador. You have Team, Team Ontario. Ontario. Yeah. So there you have it. And I still haven't calculated the uh, results yet, Sean. I've been... A remiss in my duties over the past 24 That's hours. That's okay. We'll, we'll have it by the end of the week. You have a lot of time on the media bench yeah. <laughs> to, uh, yeah. to figure that out. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, so uh, as we did with the Scotties, the plan is to do daily episodes starting with the wild card game on Friday night. So we'll plan to have that dropped you know, anywhere from a half hour to an hour after TSN goes off the air. Scott will be in Kingston the whole time, uh, so we'll get some action from the media bench, get the behind-the-scenes there, maybe some, some material for the curlers. As we said earlier, if you have questions for players that go beyond, you know, how's the ice doing, because that w- w- we'll cover that sort of stuff, and that comes out in the media anyway. If there's sort of specific things you want to know that are not sort of out of bounds, uh, like reasonable questions that we can ask them in a media setting that's not like a long-form interview. We're happy to do that if there's anything that you want to know uh, from your favorite players or, hell, from your least favorite players, too. <laughs> if there's somebody you don't like, uh, we're not going to go yell at them for you. But The question, who do you think you are, is, is not, uh, <laughs> we're not, gonna, we're not, not gonna, one we're going to ask. We're not going to ask that one. You know. uh, I, I, and I, we're open really? to stuff. I once asked Ben Hebert in a media scrum what the difference between heavy hack and easy board was. So <laughs> if it's at that level of ridiculous or less ridiculous, we'll ask it. <laughs> More enough. ridiculous than that, uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to think about it. But, yeah, if there's stuff you want us to ask, uh, certainly let us know. And do follow along all week. It's going to be a great event, as the Scotties was a great event. Uh, we, this is my favorite time of year for curling. Uh, and these fields uh, are going to be great. Uh, so very much looking forward to the Briar. So follow along all week. Google, Apple, uh, Stitcher, and Spotify. Spotify. We're on Spotify. Uh, so check us out at all those places or wherever else you get your shows, likes, ratings, all that kind of stuff. Follow along too. Scott's going to be live tweeting a storm up from Kingston uh, in the arena all week. So follow along at Game of Stones Pod, also on Instagram as well. And as always, you can email the show at Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com. So we'll be back with you Friday night after that wild card game, which we are looking forward to. But until then. Keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that into Make the final.